For the last four years, you came to this podcast to get your needs met, to be fulfilled, to get a pro wrestling pop culture and that oh so naughty feeling tingled inside with a little bit of grass sprinkled on top. Now it's time for your hosts, Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn. You are tuned in to the IndyCast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IndyCast. We have three-fourths of a full roster for you tonight, and this is an extra spicy After Dark episode of the IndyCast. So, I, of course, am Zach Romero. Joining me all the way in the beautiful IndyCast compound in uh, beautiful wherever the hell Tampa, uh, both Chad and Shelly Allen. Hey, everybody. Hi. And... uh, so damn close to a full Voltron episode, and it's always just like, like Shelly can't make it one week, or Luna can't make it. We gotta—I don't know how what we need to do to like make that happen, but we we gotta get a Voltron episode here sooner. Or later. Make them watch wrestling? I don't know. Um, but uh, yes, an after dark episode. I did make Shelly watch wrestling. So That's that true. That's true. Well, I was gonna say, let's start with uh, a lot of different things have happened this week. Let's start with uh, let's be every other podcast on the planet Earth this week, and let's talk about New Japan. So, uh, recently, huge show just happened, just took place. Uh, Kenny Omega made his first official title defense, and um, uh, Takahashi broke his neck. Um, yeah. Oh, and Juice Robinson won the um, um, not the Intercontinental title. US. Yeah, the US. Yeah. Which fantastic for him because I remember watching him in the FCW days and thinking he had potential, but they weren't really doing anything with him, and now he's a thing in New Japan, and that's great. What was the first gimmick you remember seeing Juice Robinson as when he was in when he was in FCW? I want to see if it's the same gimmick I remember. Well, he was just a smiley baby face for a long time, and then right at the end, before he was gone, they made him a, um, like a, uh, a whiny hippie. Right. Yeah, I, I remember more of the smiley baby face because for a while, even before they made him the whiny hippie, they were definitely just trying to make him like uh, like a happy-go-lucky hippie, where instead of the dreads, they were doing like the really bad white boy fro that my dad had in like the 70s. Nice. Um, well, I always remember that that version of, uh, of Juice Robinson. I don't really even remember what the hell his name was at that point. I've been... Yeah, there you like, go. Oh my Pulled that one out of my ass. Yeah, no kidding. That was impressive. Um, After the show, um, no, I saw the one about his broken hand, which made me laugh. But uh, and talking about how someone's balls were shitty and small. But uh, but oh, what did he cut for this uh, post show one? Uh, he did a post show one where he was holding the belt and talked about how um, after you know leaving NXT and you know three years ago, and how people told him he, he wouldn't land on his feet, that this was the dumbest idea that he ever did. Uh, leaving the WWE system, uh, he finally got to hold up the, that title and show that three years later, yeah, he, he definitely did land on his feet. Um, and kind of, you know, just the pride in himself for actually, like, persevering and making his way through it and, and turning himself into into something, which has been excellent. The match itself was great, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
partially because Juice is such a easy to like guy. It's, he seems like an easygoing, like likable character. And then they have him up against Jay White in his Switchblade persona, who is probably the biggest dick going right now, to the point where he hurt Jim Ross and almost hit Josh Barnett, former UFC fighter, former New Japan you know, title holder himself, um, almost tried to get up and rip his head off. So it, it was a uh, it was a, a great match and good and good for Juice. I'm glad to you know glad to see somebody succeed that you know you saw kind of in this weird like starting phase of his career and work his way up to work his way up to this. I think that's a lot of fun to watch. Would you say that he is a bigger well not bigger? Would you say he's a better success story of going outside of the mold of WWE than Cody. No, no, no. no. I, I mean, I, I think in time there could be a possibility, and and I guess Cody. Well, then again, Cody, Cody. Well, here, what? Cody's got a head start, though. He does. Cody's got a last name, right? So maybe I, I almost might want to back that up a little bit because obviously, Juice Robinson made himself Cody though has taken control of his destiny and definitely made a major impact from it had a little bit of his last name to work off of to kind of open up some of those doors at first whether he'll admit to that or not it I was don't a little know. rough some of those some of those gimmicks earlier on were a little rough true for Cody or for Juice yes for Cody like yeah. Cody had to yeah like both of them did but like Cody had to suffer through a lot of like eh okay gimmicks until until he broke out on his own so yes he had his name to rely on like that kept giving him a paycheck but he had to really make something of all of those of all of those situations and i really think he did and the one thing i could say about cody probably above juice in this one here is you're absolutely right cody was given a lot of shit to deal with and somehow he took a lot of that shit and turned it into watchable enjoyable stuff like like the dashing Cody Rhodes should have not gone anywhere and became huge. And then he got hurt and had to wear that plastic mask. And now the, you know, hideous Cody Rhodes, he turned and made that a thing. They and then, him up like gold dust. And then stashing and Cody Rhodes, you forgot about that mid-step. Yeah. When Which you, one? Stashing Cody Rhodes when it was literally a gimmick about he grew a mustache. Like, that's pretty impressive. Yes. I would he looks really good. I mean, I think he's done really great, but Cody really worked hard. Yeah. True. I would say maybe they have similar paths, but I think you're right. I think Cody maybe had a little bit of a bigger journey to take as opposed to Juice, which I guess Juice has more of the um, the stereotypical uh, escape from America kind of thing. Because, like, you look at Albert and, you know, some other wrestlers from the WWE system that were sort of mid-card guys who go to Japan and have a really good run. So I guess he's right. more in that school of thought than Cody, I suppose. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the other big thing, obviously, as I said, uh, Kenny Omega successfully defending his title against Cody, and then huge bullet club blow up at the end. Um, 
where a new faction seemingly formed made of all Samoans and uh, yep. and attacked this both... sounds like a dream of mine. From a... <laughs> uh, uh, Shelley's dream booking coming to fruition here. Um, and so it seems like we're going towards an, uh, the elite versus... Uh, the elite possibly including both Kenny and Cody uh, taking on this, this Samoan firing squad. Um, so I have to ask Chad, Shelley, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, we know what Shelley's thoughts are. Chad, what are your thoughts on uh, on this sort of Wolfpack Hollywood breakup that we've found ourselves in? Uh, Tama, Tama Tonga, um, who has legitimately been one of only, I, I believe, and, and I could be wrong on this one, and someone will have a PowerPoint presentation if if I'm if I am. That's true. Um, I believe is one of the only two active members of the Bullet Club currently, other than Bad Luck Fale, who have been there from the absolute, like, day one beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the stuff that he has done with his brother as G.O.D., Girls of Destiny, as a tag team, have been amazing. Um, but I definitely think it is a, a perfect time to break him out and um, let him have his own run, and you know, his own star run, and I think he could really make something out of it. Um, I think he completely deserves it. I think the feud's going to be great um, if they don't immediately fall into the some of the trappings that, like like you said, Wolfpack and Hollywood have already kind of preset for us here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also hoping they will find a way to eliminate some more of like the like the cursory members, um, you know, Chase Owens and guys like that that are just you know kind of. I almost feel a little unnecessary in this instance. It's, it's you know, kind of B-teaming it a little bit for so us. you're calling for a quelling. A, a little bit of a quelling, yeah. So. I only need two or three quelled. I mean, I can I can tell them who to, to take care of. Okay, are you saying that, that you're not waiting to see what Jeff Jarrett says about all this since he's a member of the Bullet Club? Um, I, I, Jeff Jarrett could be knocking on my front door uh, with the cure for Alzheimer's. And I would probably throw a bucket of gasoline and a lighter to him. Oh my god! Had <laughs> a serious I hate, and a heart attack I hate about Jeff this Hot takes uh, Alan over here. About, I have fond memories of Jeff Jarrett. Right. And I'm sorry that you can't get behind the white pants nation. Like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll pass on the. A hater. I'll pass on that. So, so Shelley, what genuinely? What are your thoughts on this little, um, uh, I guess, so, clashing of, of groups now? reason when you said that all I thought was they looked good they smelled better like I don't know why that came into my head but that doesn't make (laughs) any sense here Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because that was actually my first takeaway 
as soon as the uh, the the firing squad attacked the elite, my first reaction was, "Oh, so we're doing the Rocky switch over then?" Like, you know, the elite were still technically considered bad guys, but everyone was buying their merch and cheering for them. So, how do you turn a bad guy into a good guy? You have a bigger bad guy show up and be a dick to them. You know, right. when, when The Rock was in the height of, uh, you know, everyone's cheering for him. How do we get him converted over? Oh, well, for no reason, Shane McMahon's going to screw him over. Okay, well, there you go. Now he's a good guy. So I, that was my first takeaway was like, oh, okay. So now we're going to officially make the elite good guys once and for all now. No, uh, Shelly, I agree with you. I, I think I think on paper they still work. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't, I didn't think it was a way of trying to make somebody a face, but I can see how that could be an outcome. I just... just well, I mean, they got, they got jumped from behind. The, the firing squad were very sinister and, and unruly, and... So now, you know, the elite have to make the comeback if unless you know, so they don't get run out of town basically. So that's that's how I saw it. Yeah. And more power to them. I mean, like I said, they're selling all of the merch. So, you know, I would much rather they go, "Well, let's stop trying to be bad guys when everybody likes us and let's just be good guys." I would much rather that be the case than for them to like triple down and be like, "No, we're still bad guys." Like, "No, you're not." Yeah, nobody, nobody believes the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are bad guys anymore. I think right. That's just that out the, that's out the window now. I don't know. I'm holding on for hope. I don't. I like. You can, you well, I think that, I think when Kenny I think when Kenny you know uh, rejoined with Kota Ibushi and their yeah. gay love for one another allowed Kenny the power and strength to beat Okada. I think that was basically the okay. Well, you can't be gay and a bad guy, so they're good guys now. <laughs> oh, he just said it. Oh, oh how, no. the, how, the, how the worlds have changed, by the way. Right, it's true. Kenny Omega, like twenty years ago, or even ten years ago, in the same setup, they would be they that tag team would be the biggest heels and be booed out of the building with. Horrible, horrible change. I thought I don't know if I ever talked about that. I have to find it again. I found something on YouTube once that was Owen Hart for a little bit of time that he wrestled for WCW um, before he became, you know moved over to the WWE and he's fighting uh, Rip Rogers, who at the time always wore pink tights and pink boots and stuff like that. And Owen Hart legitimately starts without. You know, forethought or any, you know, well, I guess there's some malice because he's trying to get the entire crowd with a faggot chance. And it was like, well, you can tell this was a long time ago. Right. Ooh, this is very edgy. Right. Makes you a little uncomfortable now. Right. right? Like, back then. As well, it should, by the way. It should, yes. But back then, I don't know if anyone in the building thought they were doing something wrong. No. as long as we can all agree that there's no place in wrestling now for that kind of hate speech in a promo, you know, especially against um, 
maybe multiple wrestlers who are actually legitimately gay just to try to garner some sort of pitiful amount of heat and try to be everyone's edgy uncle um, in a leather jacket. Yeah, I think we're bygone those days, and anyone still holding on to that is on the wrong side of being booked, I guess. Um, But uh, neither here nor there. That does bring me to another piece of wrestling that was watched recently. And uh, Chad and I were both representing the IndyCast, as was uh, youngest member of the show, uh, Cheyenne, was, uh, were all at attendance of ACW Pride 2018 in Newport Ritchie. And um, right. we were both exposed to a, a tag team we hadn't gotten a chance to see before, uh, the Bomb Shelter. Yes. Uh, Joseph Schwartz <laughs> and Randy West. And uh, I'm genuinely... Okay, so just to kind of give everybody a setup, unless you go to WWN Live and go watch it... Um, Danny Vincent, the writer, director, producer, and star of the Danny Vincent Show, was interviewing the Dynasty, which is a heel faction, um, in ACW. And then everything went black for a minute. All the lights went out. And then on a screen at the back of the arena, a portal opened up and the bomb shelter came out. Because they're time travelers. And there was apparently some kind of corruption in the time stream and they had to come fix it by fighting Danny Vincent and Catalina Perez in a mixed tag match. And I love pro wrestling. That's that's the moral of the story here. No, completely agree. I can tell you that uh, that uh, one tiny princess, uh, Cheyenne, definitely uh, zeroed in immediately on the bombs on the bomb shelter. Absolutely loved them. Uh, had to get a had to get a picture with them and the like because of, of how much she enjoyed that. And I won't lie, I was right. I was right there with her on it. They, that was something new, uh, something fresh. And I, mean, I mean, this team's been around for a little while, but obviously, it's the first time we've gotten to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, friend of the IndyCast, Sean uh, Sean Cuball Sisk. Uh, knows them from the Detroit area where they where they kind of started out their team. So the fact that they're now starting to, you know, branch into other time streams like they did here in Florida uh, is, is only a good thing. Yeah, no, and they, they I love their style of wrestling. I love their character stuff. Uh, and then at the end of the match, uh, another uh, faction came out, the Clover Clan, the cannibals that, uh, the backwoods cannibals that, exist in ACW, and um, we're kind of looking over the bomb shelters, or the bomb shelter as a team, and then they the bomb shelter recognized one of the members of the clan as a former good guy who got brainwashed, and I guess he might be the chosen one, because they knew about him in the future, and it was amazing, and again, I love pro wrestling, so that, that got five stars for me all around. I, I gotta say, probably my favorite thing in, in Florida wrestling right now, and I know that's saying a lot, um, might be the ongoing uh, ongoing adventures of the Clover Clan. <laughs> and I, hope, I hope more places outside of the state of Florida start to recognize how cool that setup is, especially the Mama Clover stuff. Mm-hmm. Mama Clover is is easily the linchpin of that team, and there is oh, nothing creepier or more enjoyable than the uh, removing the one mask to remove the even creepier mask underneath it reveal that she does. Yes. And I 
love that. And the fact that it's going to be, there looks like they're obviously setting up Clover Clan and Bomb Shelter is going to be amazing. And I will gladly show back up again for that match because that's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, so. very, very exciting for that. And also at that same show, we got to see multiple former guests of the indie cast. Uh, we got to see Snoop Strikes fight uh, Marcos Espada. We got to see uh, Troy Hollywood, who's another former guest. Um, and all those matches were fantastic. And as well as Saeed Al Sabah, who fought uh, Romeo Cavedo. Surprise, surprise. That's a spoiler, I guess. Um, hotness. Yeah. Just hotness. No, and all, all very hot, all very talented. Yeah, um, all three of the, 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 the matches, so we had, um, like you said, the Snoop Strikes, uh, you know, trying to defend his Cruiserweight title. Um, you, you had uh, Troy Hollywood attempting to win the ACW title. Uh, and then, you know, Sayyid Al you know, attempting to defend his... Combat title. Uh, combat title, thank you. I almost said hardcore title and I knew that wasn't right. Um, against Romeo Cavino, all three of them were just just excellent matches. And all very different, too, which I enjoyed. All very different styles. I do love the fact that the three guys we just mentioned are all seemingly starting to get noticed in other places once again. Because, yeah. um, obviously, Snoop's starting to show up uh, under a different name on uh, MLW television. Um, and then Saeed El Sabah and Troy Hollywood starting to show up in places like FIP and Evolve. Uh, and fast places like that are starting to really grab a hold of those guys, and they deserve it all. What do you think, honey? Um, I was going to agree with you, actually, that which is rare. Yeah, but, right. um, but all of those guys deserve to get a bigger push throughout the state, throughout the region. I'd love to see uh, Troy get some, like, up north time. I think he would play really well in the New York market. So, like, I'm really hopeful that they all get pushed. And we get to see more of them because they, they put on great, great matches. And for the ladies who got dragged to the match with their boyfriend, <laughs> worth the seat, worth it. Like, right. very true. It's worth it. Yeah, they are dreamy. Um, I don't know if you. Try <laughs> with your pretty boy hatred, well documented. Mm. I feel like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> My wife thinks you're very dreamy. Um, but all, yeah, all three. Okay, so here's a question for you. Um, so you have a spot open in Lucha Underground, and you can only book one of those three men. Snoop Strikes, Troy Hollywood, Saeed Al Sabah. Who do you put in that spot in Lucha Underground? Well, if I can if I can embellish a little bit for anybody who may not be familiar, so Snoop Strikes is the um, the smallest of the three guys, but has the move set that I would say connects most with Lucha Underground. It's the closest to that style. Um, Troy Hollywood, I would say, maybe has a lot has uh, I think it could be argued maybe has the most charisma of the three men. Um, very vocal, very entertaining as both a heel and a face. Um, and also has a little bit of a different body type because he's so tall and thin. So that would be a nice little change of pace in the Lucha Underground locker room. And then you've got Saiva Sabah, who may have 
the greatest understanding of what a character should be in 2018 of not only those three men, but just in rosters in general. So I think him as a character would already stand out in a show full of characters. So any three of those guys, I think, would make an awesome addition. But I'm curious to hear what you guys think. I would, I would actually take of those three, and don't get me wrong, I want to, you know, for all three of them, I'm a huge fan of all three of them. I think in that instance, though, you have to go the character route on that one. I think you take Saeed Al Sabah and make him like Lucha Underground's version of Kilgore from Black Panther. Okay. Um, and okay. that's your and that's the guy you you go with from there. I think he would be amazing in that spot. So I like your Killmonger. Uh, your Killmonger, pardon me. I yeah. So I think the move set is more important. Okay. So I would go with Snoop because, like, I feel like. You can't, you can give him a different angle for his gimmick to be more lucha, but you really can't teach him how to fly mm-hmm. that fast be and be good on TV. So I think you have to go in with someone, and I think that's why um, Troy's body, body type would not aid him there. Though it would be unique, I think he would get really tired very quickly. Um... My, my, I was, I, well, Shelly, along the same lines, so you've got, I think, Troy, because he's so tall, but isn't necessarily, like, made of a Voltron out of muscular men like uh, like Brian Cage is, I think it wouldn't work in the same way. Like, Brian Cage is gigantic, so him with all the smaller luchadors looks, like imp- looks impressive, because, like, oh my god, like, Godzilla just showed up. And is, and is attacking all right. these people. But Troy Hollywood, because he's not like this huge bodybuilder, he's just very tall and super talented, I think it would just make all the luchadors look really short. I don't think it would play the same sort of like, oh my god, you know, this Godzilla creature's coming in. It would be more like, oh wow, all these guys are just really short, and Troy's a regular-sized person. I feel like that's what it would, that's the yeah, elephant in the room. Too. Right. Like, they've worked really hard as a show to be taken seriously as, as a minority show versus, like, a, a joke at their height or anything. You know what I mean? Because sometimes that happens. Well, because in, in uh, PWG uh, it happens American. that way. Because, like, yeah. you know, you see, um, you know, Aerostar in Lucha Underground and you're like, oh, my God, this guy's larger than life. And then he goes to PWG and Chuck Taylor can eat peanuts off his head because he's so short. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like... Yeah. You know, when you have a whole show based on uh, the camera work of shooting Shatner, of like, well, we're going to use low angles so everybody looks huge, you know, Troy Hollywood would sort of destroy that that fabric because he's so tall and, you know, athletic and lean and, and, and awesome how he is, but it would suddenly make everybody else look like, oh, God, he's just wrestling with children. So here's, here's my defense then for Troy Hollywood. Okay. Well, I'm going to disagree with both of you, and I'm just going to mention one one other, I think, previous talent. I don't think he's with them anymore as of the season. Um, and Helico. Mm, that's true. And, and Helico was very tall, very lean, but very athletic, and, and fit in just fine, especially when they even had him, you know, especially when they had him in the six-man team with Son of Havoc and Ivelisse. And we've all seen Ivelisse in person. She's like pick her up and put her in your 
pocket tight. You shouldn't break your arm while you're doing it, but, you know. That's true. She's not tall at all. Um, and didn't and didn't look out of place during that. And I don't I don't think Troy would be as nearly as out of place as we're trying to make it sound like. Okay, here. that's fair. That's fair. I'm sorry. I'm having a daydream of you trying to put Evelise in your pocket. right. Exactly, and she breaking your arm on the way in. And it's it's blowing my mind. I'm having some daydreams about Evelise too. I was gonna say I I uh, I enjoy this uh, this game of let's book Florida talents elsewhere. So we'll have to come back to this at some point. Um, it's, it's, it's a better version of F. Mary Kill. It's, it's just book Florida talent elsewhere. Um, hey, by the way, speaking of talent getting booked elsewhere really quickly, uh, congratulations to our fifth co-host, David Starr, for getting a, uh, starting to get booked with uh, Chikara. Yeah. You know, which, you know, all roads, uh, all roads lead to Chikara. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we're, we're going to go ahead and take credit for that, that we, uh, yeah. we connected those dots for him. I think we're going to go ahead and take sure. credit for that. Um, so, so, uh, another piece of, uh, wrestling that I want to discuss, unless, does anybody else have anything else they want to talk about with ACW? Um, no, all in all, I thought an overall enjoyable show. Yeah, very good show. Uh, the first half is on Facebook for free. I do the ring announcing, so you get to see me with, like, little boy hair and, like, a shirt and a nice dress shirt and suit jacket. Although I told Trevin Adams that we need to text before the show to figure out what we were wearing because he wore a blue shirt and I wore a blue shirt and I hate that I look like his little kid brother when that happens. So, uh, so we're going to work on that in the future. I, uh, I, I highly recommend watching the first half of the show apart for obviously the excellent, uh, the excellent matches, uh, but part to listen to see if you can hear uh, one princess Cheyenne uh, get worried for, for Mr. Zach uh, when uh, one Josh S drove the microphone into his stomach at the oh end. my god yeah left a bruise by the way on my sternum like uh what am I saying sternum right in the titty meat right he <laughs> bruised right right dead center um I was not expecting that but, but I'm glad she, I'm glad she was calling out for me in, in revenge I appreciate that she, she definitely was worried that, that Mr. Zach was dead that was Mr. he hurt Mr. Zach Mr. Zach is dead I said uh, honey I'm pretty sure Mr. Zach's not dead he's right there he's okay well, interestingly enough, uh, my mother said that she would knock the shit out of Josh Hess if he put a hand on me again. So, there you go. There you go. That's, that's what happens when my parents randomly show up to a show I wasn't prepared for. Um, so, the other uh, piece of wrestling business to discuss here is um, some time ago... Uh, well, let's back up a minute. So, uh, obviously, we here at the IndyCast are very... Uh, partial towards a Florida promotion that Fully Gimmicked has a, a hand in, uh, known as Punk Pro. Uh, we are all big fans of it. Uh, Chad's provided Peanut Gallery uh, commentary before. Um, I've obviously done ring announcing for it before, so we all were very near and dear to, to Punk Pro. And one of the standout moments of the last year with Punk Pro was Superfan Izzy uh, being a guest timekeeper at one of the Punk Pro shows and actually getting involved in one of the Get Your Shit In matches. And she um, did a huge chick kick to one uh, favorite of the indie cast, Effie, and caused some controversy there and almost won the damn title. Uh, and uh, so, you know, a few months have gone by, and now Effie and Izzy have kind of gotten into it on social media, and now 
allegedly they're going to be fighting at the next Punk Pro show at the end of August. Now, when Izzy was first mentioning coming to Punk Pro, when she was just going to be a timekeeper, uh, there were some interesting takes online, and one of the loudest uh, voices uh, in protest towards this, uh, or her inclusion in wrestling at all, which, by the way, you know, for only being 11, the girl has... I think more road under her, you know, in terms of going to wrestling uh, shows than I would say a majority of fans. She's actively enrolled in some wrestling schools as we speak during the summer. Like she's not just goofing around here for wrestling. She genuinely has a love for it. And so uh, anyway, one of the loudest voices in protest against Izzy's involvement in any shape or form was one Joey Janela. And so uh, he online, along with his um, followers, I guess, minions. So they all just rained a bunch of shit all over Izzy for wanting to be involved with wrestling in any way. And that, oh, children shouldn't be involved. And uh, I believe, uh, I wish Rhino was still wrestling like he was in 98, because I'd have him gore her through a table, was a quote from Janelle at one point. Well, uh, this last weekend... Joey Janela participated in a body bag match in which a 10-year-old boy got involved because I think he was the son of the other wrestler. And uh, Joey Janela felt it necessary to Yakuza kick the kid right in the neck and put him in a garbage can. I figured we were just going to gloss over the fact that he was throwing stones in a glass house in regards to Izzy being involved, but it was okay if he did it. But uh, even his own fans were just sort of like, yeah, that, that kid took a, took a mean bump. Like, no one really, like, hurrah, hooray, this was awesome. It was just sort of like a, oh, okay. So, I don't know. I don't draw your own conclusions from what that means. Um, but I just found that very interesting. And being someone who takes Punk Pro very personally, uh, any any aspect of it being attacked, uh, I feel like it's attacking my own children. So, I, I felt a smug satisfaction there. Especially for people casting judging eyes on um, any type of program to involve Effie and Izzy, both characters in wrestling, um, you know, not so quick to judge when a grown man, you know, boots a child right in the chest to give him heart murmurs. So, and that's my soapbox. Let, let's go here. Well, here comes, here comes mine a little bit. Let's okay. go back a bit here. Oh, um, Minoru Suzuki, who many people know or are aware is probably one of the meanest, most violent, toughest professional wrestlers that's currently going in the game today. Agreed. Uh, New Japan legend. He's been in the sport for over 30 years. Um, has done wrestling matches against children before. Kenny Omega, the current New Japan Pro Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion at a very famous match that he did against a probably what, an 11-year-old? Uh, actually, she was nine. She was nine, okay. Um, Kenny Omega's uh, tag partner in the Golden Lovers uh, has wrestled a blow-up doll before. <laughs> uh, ultimately, what I'm trying to get down to here is um, it's 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 fucking wrestling. 
why certain things get taken so seriously and other things don't, I will never understand as, as long as I shall live. And what people get butthurt over um, makes no sense to me. Uh, the, the wrestler that, that Joey Janelle was fighting, by the way, because I want to give him credit because I think he's an excellent talent with a great gimmick as Mr. Grimm. Um, I apologize for not naming him. You're right. I should have. He, he, no, I have no qualms with him. I, I am glad to, I'm glad to bring him up and put him over because I think he's an excellent talent. And is, uh, I know it's been big, especially up in the Northeast. He's in Maryland a lot. Um, he's starting to make his way uh, around, and, and I'm hoping to see more of him all over the place. And if he ever wants to be on the show... I was just going to say, well, hell, we need to get him on the show. And not to talk about this, yeah. but just interview him in general because, yeah, he's got a great character. But um, both, you know, shoot and storyline-wise, okay, so his his child, and I do believe you're absolutely right, that is Mr. Grimm's son, um, gets involved and gets hit by Joey Janelle. It's, it's, it's a fucking angle. Okay. That's great. But then then uh, all bitching about whatever Izzy does after this should be done with now. Right. That's the end of it. Because now you've officially just gone against everything you said. Why does this kid get to be in wrestling and Izzy doesn't. Right. Why does the nine-year-old that Kenny Omega fights get to do this big match with, with Kenny Omega and nobody bats an eye about it and clips it all over the place, but Izzy doesn't? If you've got somebody that wants to do it and is interested and is willing to do it and their parents are allowing her to do it, and no, I don't think her parents are trying to like live through her vicariously, and people that say that annoy the shit out of me. Right. There's no, there's no excuse. So, uh, you know, and, and quite honestly, I, I've always been of the belief that Joey Janela has been saying a lot of things that he has been, personally, in hopes so that he can at some point do something to work against Izzy, and I think Punk Pro just beat him to it with the Effie angle. But that's, just, <laughs> that's, that, that, there's, that's, that's uh, Chad Allen's spicy uh, wrestling conspiracy theories, right. uh, so, weeknights at 8 o'clock. Now, 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 I do have a question here. Now, now Shelly... You are a mother of two. What are your what is your thoughts on this in terms of some children being involved in professional wrestling beyond just being a fan? And for full disclosure, by the way, our daughter does roller derby, so That's I true. I That's true. It's not obscene if she calls it like she sees it. You have gone on record about that before, about sometimes, you know, it's best to just go, okay, great, you're making a lot of noise, let's move on. I mean, it's our job to call the hypocrisy when we see it. But then pass the 
I was just going to say, so to, to sum up me, ha 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 ha, Chad, hey, this shit's happened before. Shelly, eh. So, yeah, there yeah. you get your three different takes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think that, is that that's this week in wrestling? I think that's, I think, A, this is the most on-topic episode we've had in the last year. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, we should probably get some plugs in. Oh, here's a plug uh, to put us over. Uh, fucking David Arquette thinks the that fully gimmick makes great stuff. So everyone in my high school, everybody in my high school, all the teachers who said I'd never make it, you can all suck it because former WCW heavyweight champion David Arquette thinks that the merch company I work with is fucking great. So you can all suck it. Um, second thing to plug, we are participating in a Kickstarter, which I know everyone groans and rolls their eyes at, but this is for... Uh, Jaws the Ride, which is now defunct in, in Florida, uh, themed enamel pins. We're trying to do a set of them. And the reason why we're doing a Kickstarter is uh, we want to be able to release them all at once. And that's very expensive. We could do each one individually, but then it would be like, hey, if you really want, you know, the you want to ride the movies pin, you're going to have to wait a year and a half because that's how money works. Whereas if we can get it on a lump sum up front, then, hey, pick whatever you want because they're all coming out. Um, so if you go to Kickstarter, if you search Amity, A-M-I-T-Y, you will see uh, the Jaws set that we're putting together. We're already at about 20% funded, and we've got about 23 days or so left. So definitely go there. Um, you know, the basically the beginning uh, input is like 10 bucks, and you grab a, whatever pin you want. So, um, so yeah, go and, and help us make that happen because they're going to be really obnoxious and wonderful. And Pollyanna Pins is helping us to make those. And it's my dream because I can't get enough of that goddamn stupid robot ride. So there we go. He does talk your ear off the whole time you're in the movie, the movie ride about it. So. <laughs> well, that's true. I did get shushed on The Mummy because of King Kong, so I'm sure... On Escape to Gringotts, the same thing will happen. Yes, this used to be the boathouse. Don't talk to me. <laughs> so, uh, Will Smith plug. Um, well, Phil. I'll say Punk Pro. Punk, punk, uh, August the 26th. That's why I have a six in my head. There we are. August the 26th. Uh, can't be saved. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, Punk Pro, uh, can't be saved. Will be uh, end of August, August 26th. Uh, oh, there's also a Kaiju Big Battle show that is um, next Saturday. So that is the yes. uh, twenty no, the 21st. Yes, correct. Uh, Kaiju Big Battle at the Gulfview Event Center, Newport Ritchie. Um, I will be there in some capacity, even if I'm just a camera guy. Um, but uh, yes, I'm super excited for that. Uh, actually, that Kaiju show takes part over three days. Uh, Thursday and Friday, it's actually going to be taking place at MetroCon. Uh, the big uh, anime and and uh, and geek convention in uh, in Florida. So that'll be happening Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, it will be at the Gulfview Event Center. I will be there in some capacity. Um, 
Ignite Wrestling will be the day before the Punk Pro Show. Uh, a Brawl Show is going to be uh, August the 5th, I believe. Yes, August the 5th. There'll be a Brawl USA show. Holy shit, there's a lot of wrestling. Wrestling is great. Yes, it is. That's basically my, my long and short there. I would do an advertisement for um, our friends at Filthinger Games because they have a, a new game edition coming out very soon here. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that my full version promo will be at the end of this, so right. listen to that. Oh, also, uh, FullyGimmicked.com has been doing the Summer Fling series where there's a limited edition uh, item that's available for just one week. This week is a Gary J. Chop House shirt, and uh, so that is available for purchase for this week only on the website, and then after that, you'll be lucky. Maybe Gary might have some at the merch table, but they won't be the same. It won't be the same color scheme. Um, so if you want it, definitely get it this week. And I think, if let me let me drop something hot real here, real quick. I think next week is going to be a Jamie Senegal shirt. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% on that, but I think we might be getting another Boner City shirt. So um, keep your eyes glued on Fully Gimmicked. Also, David Arquette thinks we're cool. Um, I think that's just about it, kids. Anything else? I got nothing else for me. Honey, you got anything? Nope. Nope. All right, well, then... Yeah, I was going to say, so then for all of us here, I am the sexually aggressive koala. Uh, I am Coculus Maximus. I'm booby fat. And until next time, everybody, we always say... Deuces. Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndieCast. Uh, well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, here to talk to you about Phil Singer Games. Uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role playing style game that's on the market right now an absolute blast to play uh, if you play the champions of the galaxy version where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out to legends of uh, today from here on earth with guys like andre the giant and the road warriors or to the most recent independent up-and-comers you can play any single one of them, or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com. Just shove it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty ass Meryl Street. We Into are we're touching wieners. Not touching wieners dirty. professionally. What I am is a big queer stone cold Steve Austin. So hey Zach Romero. I bet you didn't know this. This is supposed to be a wrestling. Oh, is it? Oh, be on my. <laughs>